Hello and welcome to Circular Business Podcast, a series where we look into circular economy from the Indian context. I'm your host and host Shri Priya Sridharan and hamari team ki taraf se aap sabko Deepavali ki shubhkamnaye. Happy Diwali everyone. This festive season has been quite different as you can sense the joy and relief in people. I think in their ability to experience freedom of movement once again is really showing on everyone's faces just the joy of being out there after a tough year that we all have gone through in 2020 right it's good to see how responsible people have become not only on their own hygiene following the basic covid protocols and all but also in their choices of the crackers for this diwali This year at least in my area the noise of crackers has been much lower. It is a good transition to see. With Diwali, the festival of lights brings with it a lot of uh, chores such as cleaning the house, making delicious delicacies as well as shopping. So this season I went on a hunt to find out circular brands in the retail sector. and i'm happy to share with you my conversation with amita deshpande from recharkha ecosocial recharkha ecosocial is a social enterprise founded on the belief that development can only be sustainable if it is bottoms up what it means is sustainable development is possible only when it begins at the grassroots and involves an empathetic understanding of communities Amita is an IT engineer who later went on to do her masters at Purdue University in US with a focus on sustainability. For almost 14 years she worked with CSR teams of multinational corporations, consultancies, non-profits and community-based organizations in US as well as in India. But pained by the longing to do more for the society, she leveraged her experience from sustainability consulting and brought it back to start her social enterprise arohana eco social developments which was done 7 years back last year they revamped their brand to what is known today as recharkha eco social like to me she's just a fabulous human being and her long standing dream is to develop a sustainable village and live in it herself <laughs> which she wishes to fulfill through recharkha and her eco social planet so ladies and gentlemen allow me to welcome you to my conversation with amita hi amita welcome to circular business podcast how are you i'm good how are you i am well So I have been wanting to ask you this question how did you come up with the thought of making use of a charkha for weaving plastic so see the idea is that since uh, like since forever i always had this inclination to uh, you know work for a social cause okay and uh, it it not just environmental but eco social 
Okay, so environment and social together. So um, when it, this whole idea of um, doing something for plastic waste came into my mind, the first thing that came to my mind also was that this should also impact a particular or a larger social problem as well. Mm-hmm. And the larger social problem, which according to my study and research was at that time, was livelihoods. Even today, it is, and specifically right. rural livelihoods. And again, uh, a part of my study also revealed that uh, other than agriculture, the second uh, biggest employer of our rural population used to be craft or handicraft. And again, you know, the handloom and the charakha were a very significant part of our culture, of our tradition, of our history, India's history specifically, rather obviously the world history as well, but largely India's history. So how can that be brought into the picture? How can craft be brought into the picture to upcycle plastic waste and solve this problem of plastic waste management? So that, you know, entire thing, I wanted to weave it together. So I was researching on various uh, things that people have done in the past. So obviously there are lots of videos online about DIY, what can you do with plastic waste on your own at home, you know, in the social setting. Um, But this particular way of um, using a handloom to weave the plastic together was something innovative. It has been done by a few people in the past as well. Uh, But somewhere uh, connecting that to the market and bringing that to the forefront as an as the you know uh, purpose or the biggest uh, um, cause was not had not happened uh-huh. so then i yeah. did that basically is that you know use plastic waste use the charka handloom uh, bring it to the forefront talk about it as much as possible market the products only then the livelihoods will make sense right so that was mm-hmm. where you know the entire charka movement came back back after the independence struggle i think now is the time to bring it back bring back the charkha revive yeah. the charkha to solve today's problems and hence the charkha interesting uh, can i ask you just out of a, out of curiosity is there a way to automate the charkha today since we are so um, adept with technology just to you know fasten the process yeah, so charkha has been automated and hence the power looms have taken up this, uh, you know, the whole space of hand looms. And that's uh-huh. where, you know, the textile revolution also began. But at this point in time, I would feel um, that I want to keep the charkha as manual as possible because I'm employing more people. If mm-hmm. I automate it, the machine will take over, you know, 10, 20 jobs. So the whole process that we use is very, very manual and we want to keep it manual. Understood. For our ease of understanding, could you please elaborate on the material blend of your bags? I mean, uh, just like what is the difference between a recycled plastic bag and an upcycled plastic bag? Because ultimately use of the bag is going to be long term only because of the material, right? So what we do is use this plastic, okay? So these are all your wrappers that are used, you know, from your home, um, uh, cook, like carry bags, packets of various edibles that you eat at home. Yeah. This is a gift wrapper. So these things are what uh, we upcycle. And this is a, a bag that is made from wow. uh, these 
from these plastic bags and wrappers, right? Awesome. And if you see the con- composition of the bag is it has a warp and a weft like all textile does and the yeah. weft is the waste plastic and the warp is actually thread made from recycled pet bottles pet bottles you know like okay. all our water bottles and cold drink bottles and then the uh, other material that goes inside the bag is pure cotton uh, the belt is cotton the lining is cotton so we've tried to keep it as uh, natural as possible um the material which is not upcycled we want to yeah. use it as a natural material okay so at sometimes we use waste flex um sometimes we use waste bubble wrap to give padding to our laptop sleeves for example this my laptop sleeve uh, here mm, it has some padding which is made of bubble wrap so okay. all those things we try to use which is waste right okay interesting You also mentioned to me that you have a collection center in Kothrud right where people have been sending you plastic waste is there a way um, where we can identify the plastic type that needs to be sent to you yes 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 so uh, most of the plastic bags and wrappers don't have those numbers sometimes they do but plastic bags don't uh, but just to tell uh, what these packets are so anything that's a film okay huh. so like a carry bag is it's a film or like your wrappers you know your bread packets your kurkure packets or your biscuit wrappers all of those those are films they are called multi layered packets because they have a layer of um, aluminum on the inside a silver layer on the inside and a colorful layer on the outside your gift wrappers are the same you know they are shiny they have a again multi layered So usually this comes under either MLP um, or LDP uh, mm-hmm. which is a number 4 uh, sometimes it is also PP which is polypropylene which is number 6 I'm, if i'm not wrong yeah and then there is uh, sometimes it's HDP also which is number 2 okay. so that is what you know tells us the number of uh, the plastic used but the wrappers that we get are highly non recyclable <laughs> so that's why most of the times that that number even doesn't exist and people will not ever able be able to know what where should they give that plastic waste so uh, all the single use plastic bags that are usually um, seen with the vegetable uh, vendors so those are the kind yes. of ah, i see okay. yes yes so ideally they are not supposed to be seen with the vegetable vendors because they are banned by the government but it is still seen and we are still using it because we forget to take our cloth bag yes unfortunately interesting interesting so uh, amit you have a significant industry experience as a csr consultant right uh, in your previous life previous career life so could you share <laughs> could you share with us some eye opening realities that you encountered during those days totally oh there are so many i don't know which ones i should choose from okay so this is you know an experience i had while i was working in uttarakhand uh, in 2013 um, uh-huh. after the kedarnath disaster that had happened and i had gone there to volunteer because i was just back from the us i was working in the us before this and i came back um, i wanted to volunteer so i went there and i still had my job so i was still working with some of my customers to uh, implement these csr projects there and i wanted to identify the right project for which the funds should be used 
Okay. And while I was doing that, um, and my client, who's a very good friend of mine, who had become a very good friend of mine as well, I was uh, telling her that, "Dekho, you know, there have been so much of uh, donation that has come into this area in terms of materials, uh, not money also, uh, but maybe not very openly, but materials that these people have sort of decided not to work anymore." so they become so lethargic because of the uh, the help that they have received from citizens and from companies and from funders that they have everybody has so much at home that even if they don't work for a whole year they'll still be fine and me and my csr client we had it in our minds that we want to do something that sustains their livelihoods so we wanted to set up some projects which will give them a livelihood because a lot of them had lost their farms uh, because of landslides a lot of them had lost their dear ones who you know were actually the earning member of the family and but because of all these other donations they were not working and they didn't want to work so there was a particular incident when we had decided to do a farm cleaning project so a landslide had come and washed away a lot of the farms of big big either all of us will come together and do it like a you know donating your labor donating your um, time that kind of project we were trying to do and in that we realized that people are not coming people were not even coming to help each other and that's when they told us hey, we don't even need to do that anymore because people are just happy with whatever they have at home so that's when i realized that csr um, as a the the policy is very good the projects are very good but sometimes it is important to know what people want and then only then give them that uh, ma- that material or that work so in this case a lot of donation had already gone without even knowing what they wanted so i think csr projects have to be done very more, more cautiously more consciously the the companies need to be on the ground understand the ground realities and only then uh, start implementing the project and not just do it because they want to spend all their money otherwise it will become another big problem in today's uh, world totally i had no idea that this was one of the problems wow this this is eye opening for me as well i was saying that today if somebody wants to help us out we suggest them that they buy the products and you know gifted to their loved ones yeah. or their employees or people like that instead of donating money you know that is what we prefer totally there see that's exactly the flip side of uh, andhadun donations also right uh, i mean while the natural disasters have i mean it takes a lot from people who get directly impacted but then if even whatever we are giving is not monitored in a way it it might not really be helpful for them it's such a nice point that you brought up now i want to ask you what was your trigger to begin arohana and this eco social tribe 7 years back <laughs> so arohana was exactly that's when where i, I was in uttarakhand uh, i decided to jump into it uh, full time so i had my own uh, like i had a job but i decided to quit that and associate with the company i was working for that was samita social ventures i was working for them and i decided that i'll start arohana 
uh, that's when I actually registered Arona when I was in Uttarakhand and then I um, kept working for Samita on a you know for basis of uh, doing some projects and groundwork for them um, and like I said eco-social was always something that I wanted to work on because it wasn't just about the environment and not just about the society it has to go hand in hand only right. when our livelihoods are eco-friendly or our livelihoods are conscious are we really going to keep the planet in a good condition Absolutely. so if tomorrow my livelihood is dependent on cutting trees I will keep cutting trees but mm-hmm. if tomorrow my livelihood is dependent on cleaning up the waste, the waste will get cleaned up because I want to continue to have a stable livelihood. Absolutely. That's so a, I feel that that's why eco-social was so important for me. And uh, just recently last year, then we uh, restructured the whole organization and uh, it's now called Recharka. And yes. it brings in the whole the livelihood aspect back into focus because that's what we really want to work on. Awesome. Awesome. In my understanding, what Recharka brings to the market is more like a circular business model where you are actually closing the loop on plastic waste, especially the single-use plastic waste. So in um, when you started seven years back, how did in the... Indian market respond to your product because even today I feel the terminology circular economy or circular business model is not so commonly used while the businesses might already be circular in nature but it fits into this so how was your experience entering the market right that's a superb question and it was actually a lot of fun as well uh, because like you rightly said you know there's no point in making a product until and unless it actually is you know marketable and accepted by the economy and the market and it is getting back you know to to making it circular that is what the whole point is and when we went uh, you know when when we started making these products we did like a market test and so market study was already there but testing hadn't been done because the product wasn't ever released into the market so when we went to the market, um, the first time when uh, we went to, it was in an, in an IT company and I, I had set up all the products on the table and we were very excited that, okay, let's see how much it sells. Everybody was coming, checking out the products. Oh, it's made from waste. Then why is it so expensive? That's how, that's what their question was. And these are big IT companies, I don't want to name which one this is, but big IT companies, people must be earning in lakhs per month, but they don't want to. Uh, they think it's expensive. Then I came back and, you know, that whole night I actually thought about what I really, how I really want to put this forth. And then the whole aspect of livelihood was what I uh, decided to focus on more than the fact that it is made of waste. Okay. So um, then I put up put a video together. Like I actually sat up all night and I put up a video together. And the next day we had another event. Uh, it was more of a craft exhibition. And there at the end of that day, we were all sold out because we showed the customers what these products are and how mm-hmm. they were made. And that's when I realized that this how is very important. Why is also important, but not for everybody. 
so wherever people are conscious and are eco friendly people understand it automatically and the why is answered but the how was also very important and that's what we put it forth in front of customers and we were all sold amazing. out amazing <laughs> amazing beautiful and that actually set the wheel rolling hmm it did right wow that i like the idea and i'm sure if uh, the some of our listeners are also wondering why their project is not going into that next level maybe just focus on the how and sh- talk to people about the how as yeah. well yeah, yeah that's totally i am always of that opinion that always talk about the why and the how uh, give it more importance than the what mm-hmm. um what is always there yeah <laughs> the buy and how are i think very important so like they are very socially conscious more than environmentally conscious yeah in india because that's how i think um it's a, traditionally uh, uh, people have looked at uh, so, social social angle uh-huh. people always had assumed that the planet is there and because our traditional practices were very eco friendly Correct. so all the farming was eco friendly you know it, it we always uh, you know worshiped the nature worshiped the mother earth so it or is assumed by people like sometimes also na sometimes we have these wrappers hanging on our stall at the exhibition and we've written guess what is it made of and people come they see look at the product but they forget to look at the waste and then i ask them that we've become so oblivious to this waste that we see through it exactly <laughs> oh hanging there and people will not even wonder why is this rapper hanging here 100% <laughs> wherever they go you know in a valley they're looking at the beautiful scenery in front of it but in the valley there is garbage people will not see it so they associate more with the social aspect yeah totally are mai mera hi case batati hu i had last year when i was on a trek there was this little water body lake body which came usme kachra tha and after i went past it and later is when i realized oh it didn't even surprise me ki kachra hai usme it was as if i was expecting it to be there it's now become a part of the ecosystem but see i mean i can totally get you with like seeing through the waste amazing man i i really like the points that you brought in today now coming to the product towards recharkha's uh, products end of life what does it look like if someone if they are done with the use of the product how should they go about with it at the end of the life of the product we want people to consciously give back the product to us at our collection center or you know ship it back to us okay. um, the whole purpose is being that the plastic typically nothing happens to the plastic if something might get torn or something might get uh, bad it's the cloth inside and that also they're mm-hmm. using very good quality so we uh, then tear it apart and remove the plastic from it and then weave it back or upcycle it back that is what we do um, and even before that if the product is repairable we repair it and we offer it back to to the customer if they want to take it back and then use it you know for some more years and wow. if not we you know give it away to people who need the product or need a bag or so repair it and give it back to a person who needs the bag that's the idea 
Awesome. And thank you so much for thinking about it and uh, making that option available. Yeah, we purposely stick it. We stick a little sticker, like a label inside the bag, which gives all these instructions of what they can do uh, at the end of the life of the bag. Hey, that's so cool. Nice. So it's always there. So it's not like it's going to be gone. Yes. Sahi mein. Nice. Exactly. Purposely, we've kept it a uh, permanent label. Awesome. Now, one question I want to ask is, we are nearing Diwali. It's already started. So do you have something special which um, our listeners can probably um, get on for a Diwali kit? Yes, totally. So we actually have a Diwali sale going on. This is like a thank you gesture to the people who have been supporting us. Um, so that they give, get a 10% off, a little bit of discount that we can give and it will yeah. help us, you know, enable more livelihoods. That's the idea. Awesome. Um, and uh, apart from the, the discount or the sale, uh, lots and lots of people buy our products as gifts for their loved ones. So okay. bags are always, you know, welcome. No matter how many bags you have, there's always room for more bags. So yes, mm-hmm. bags is a great gift. Uh, some very interesting gifts are also that we have our home decor products that we uh, make, you know, to have a good, nice dinner for your Diwali on a nice upcycled table mat or wow. some planters for your home decor. Or some storage organizers, some you know, organizing your home because the value is also a lot about cleaning. And that if something happens to the product, you can send it back to us. We will repair it and send it back to you free of cost. So we give a lifetime warranty for a repair warranty for the product. Awesome. So we are nearing towards the end of our recording. I want to know what your vision for the next five years is. You know, the way we are using disposables left, right and center, I uh-huh. uh, really want to work on that as a primary focus. Of course, the products that we make and the uh, the products that we sell will continue because that is something that uh, actually generates um, the, the revenue that we need um, to run these awareness programs. Uh, so that will continue. But these five years, I really want to put in a lot of efforts in raising this awareness. Uh, secondly, uh, apart from the upcycling process that we do uh, use right now, we're also spending some time in uh, researching on more ways in which we can upcycle uh, the plastic waste, which can't be recycled, right? So things that we are already using, the wrappers, for example, but we want to also make uh, fine solutions for smaller things, like you know, the, the pan masala wrappers or the uh-huh. sa- shampoo sachets, so we want to find some solutions to that. So that is actually going to be my primary focus. Awareness of not creating waste for awareness and awareness of segregation. And thirdly, um, on R&D. So this is apart okay. from obviously focusing on uh, Richarka's core uh, work of uh, upcycling and livelihood generation. That's, that's amazing. And uh, finally, how can our listeners help you in accelerating your vision and mission. Is there some way how they can start um, or reach out to you and start um, helping you out? That That's definitely 
what we need because uh, you know we are about 30 people now but it's not enough only 30 of us can't do much and out of those also only six are from the admin and the you know the communications part of our work so sabse important i feel uh, shripya is that um, uh, you know people should uh, change their lifestyle so the lesser and lesser plastic they create is better and better for us and for the vision of our business or the the whole purpose of what we are doing so it's not that people will be able to help us by sending us more and more plastic waste because sometimes people think that they're helping us by sending us plastic waste whereas that <laughs> is not the purpose thanks so for clarifying mm, yeah. second yes totally i always say that we'll be the happiest if some you know the day all the litter and the plastic waste actually disappears from this planet it's okay even if we have to close down our current upcycling business uh we will do something else because the hand loom and charkha are such versatile mech machines that we can make something else with it and keep our totally. uh, artisans engaged yeah so that is definitely the first and foremost message i want to give to everybody who are listening uh, secondly um you know there is a, we whenever we go shopping whenever we go buying something in the market we typically end up buying something that's virgin okay so a virgin like a typical laptop bag it's made of uh, resin or polyester right yes. um or if if you're using a natural material then great if you're going for cotton silk or leather or something like that it's okay but if you're using polyester and if you're using virgin polyester instead of that if you go for a recycled and upcycled product that's much better because that is what is actually going to drive the business the consumers choosing consciously is going to drive business of organizations like ours so i really urge all the viewers and listeners that whenever they go shopping um, you know they try to choose conscious products or choose upcycled recycled products over those that are made of virgin materials um and as a result of course they can buy recharkas products as well because we do make very good quality and really trendy beautiful products for um you know and they are unisex uh, so definitely people can opt for them that is going to be a big help for them uh, for us because that is what gives gets us the revenue to do all this work that we are doing okay and lastly uh, like uh, what you are doing shibriya is that we want people to help us in various ways in spreading this message mm-hmm. so if uh, we have volunteering opportunities we have job openings um, we have we need people to spread the message um, of what we are doing into more and more people so that is you know one of the biggest help as well which people can uh, provide so you know working with us volunteering with us helping us spread the message awesome awesome thank you so much uh, amita for thank joining you. us today all right then that brings us to the end of our conversation with amita hope you enjoyed this and you found it absolutely insightful Though so every week at Circular Business Podcast we research extensively to present to you the ideas of circular businesses and this idea of circular economy in the easiest of formats this passion project started off a year ago 
and we have crossed 81 episodes so thank you so much for your support i just want to tell you that it is our target to do 100 episodes this year and we want to reach out to 1 million environmentally conscious listeners to whom these episodes can be game changing but for that to happen we are raising funds to carry out the necessary marketing initiatives would you like to help us out here it's easy just scroll down to the end of the show notes and click on the link which says support this podcast all you need is a dollar to get started in case you are unable to provide us with the monetary support i request you to share this series with at least two people because if you found value they too will help us in creating that ripple effect and help us reach the target of 1 million climate conscious listeners i'm counting on you on that note it's a wrap on this episode thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you soon next week